Welcome to the 21st episode of the Cranky Flyer interview sponsored by Ontario International Airport. On this episode, I stay in South America. No, it's not Latam. It's not Aerolineas Argentinas, but man, wouldn't that be great? I mean, that'd be right up there with an Alitalia interview. Anyway, no. This time, I'm talking to the CEO of Viva Air, Felix Antelo. Viva is based in Colombia and also has a Peruvian subsidiary. You might remember Viva from when I spoke to a previous CEO a few years back. Things have changed, and hey, Viva is now coming into the U.S. We'll get into that. But first, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, Ontario International Airport, America's fastest-growing airport three years running. ONT stands ready to meet the travel needs of one of America's most robust population centers as global aviation begins its return to normal. Recently, ONT was honored by the Airports Council International with its Distinguished Airport Health Accreditation in recognition of Ontario's unbending commitment to protect travelers, visitors, and employees from health risks during these challenging times. From ONT's use of powerful antimicrobial technology and enforcement of masks and social distancing to its opening of an on-site COVID testing clinic for passengers and the community, the airport has been a model for putting safety first. Keep it safe. Keep it simple. Get on to what matters most. Visit flyontario.com for more. Now, let's get on with the episode. Where are you, Red, right now? Where, where, where are you? In, on, the, on the West Coast, right? Yeah, I'm in Southern California. I'm in Long Beach. Okay. Uh, so, um, you know, not, not quite in your uh, range of flying yet, but... Uh, you're you're getting closer in Florida. Getting closer, getting closer with Miami, Orlando, and yeah, we'll talk we'll talk about that. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I I guess um, you know I'm curious because I, I did uh, an interview with William Shaw a few years ago, right before you started up Peru. Yeah. And uh, at the time, it sounded like uh, you know there were plans to uh, move all throughout South America, and um, right now, you're still just focused on Colombia and Peru, uh, and I'm curious uh, what what that plan looks like. And, and you know, is that is that still part of the plan for Viva, or has has it changed uh, in you know where geographically you want to focus? Yeah, look, I mean, we we are as you know our main main hub and and, and our focus. Uh, main focus is Colombia here, where we are actually in Medellin, where I'm, I, I am right now. And um, what we've we've seen, Brett, is 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 that we need to, you know, we need we need to boost. We need to um, uh, try to give more importance to Medellin as a as a hub. And we've announced this some couple of weeks ago, how we're gonna, you know, uh, grow the the hub in Medellin here where we will be able to connect uh, the rest of, of Colombia, domestic Colombia cities like Cali, Bogota, Barranquilla, the big cities in Colombia, and, and, the, and the smaller ones too, Bucaramanga, um, um, Pereira, you know, uh, all, all the smaller cities, we're going we're gonna to connect them through Medellin so they can pass, our passengers can fly either northbound to the US, for example, um, or southbound to Lima, and, and, and in the coming years, you know, with some of the other destinations that we will certainly open. 
We do have again a strong operation here in Colombia, which we are um, you know trying to trying to uh, even you know grow faster because we are seeing opportunities in this market that we're not seeing in other markets. We're seeing opportunities because the Colombian market is probably today one of the if if not the fastest growing domestic market in the world. It, it must be around the, you know the three or four in the world. So so we see an opportunity here that we 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 know we need to take with competitors that are as you know um, most of our local competitors are in in chapter eleven or under reorganization. So that gives us, I mean, on top of the of the demand that we're seeing, we see an opportunity, you know, going after some opportunities that we we we, we couldn't uh, tap before the pandemic. So we, we we're gonna we're gonna grow Colombia very aggressively. We are in Peru, as you rightly said. Uh, we've been operating in Peru. We, we're gonna be there. We're gonna turn uh, five years in in Peru this year. Um, Peru being a, a, a very fast domestic growing market, as you know, and that's why we, we got into into Peru. And, and and when you think of the rest of the markets in the region, we're still we're still uh, looking into options and you know analyzing um, some of the countries, the region in South America mainly, but also uh, seeing a couple of opportunities in Central America. Uh, South America, as you know, um, and, and I think you know the market well. You got countries, you know, like Argentina, which is obviously not good timing to get into. Then you got Chile, where there's a lot of competitors. Then you got Brazil, which is a continent on its own, as I like to call it. You know, starting with the with their yeah. different language and and size, and you don't want complications in terms of uh, all, all the you know um, all the red tape and bureaucracy that that implies you know being in Brazil. And I've lived in Brazil. And I know Brazil is this is not a criticism, it's just a fact. So then you you, you get left with not many options in the rest of South America. Um, there are good countries, but small countries like Bolivia and Paraguay, which have they have been growing fast, but they are you don't have the enough scale, you know, to go into those markets with a with a low cost uh, and with the aircraft as as we have. And then you got left um, Really, not not too many other options. Ecuador being one of those options, which we still are looking uh, very, you know, uh, very closely, and it will depend also on what will happen over the next uh, days with the election there and and the and the results uh, in April. We'll we'll have a more clear view on what's coming next for Ecuador. So Ecuador could be a a, a third AOC for Viva definitely, and some couple of options in in Central America. But all in all, uh, Brett, and this obviously, I mean, if pandemic you know wouldn't have happened, this this could would would be more advanced. With pandemic, uh, I think the the right thing to do is, you know, keep focusing in Colombia, where we see the, the big opportunity. Keep growing Peru, hopefully, and after we have those two right, which you know it will take probably the rest of 21 and and a big part of 22. Uh, yeah, uh, go back and, 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 and getting more aggressive on a, on a third AOC. That would be, if you want, my, my summary so for that. I'm, I'm curious about Central America, where you see opportunity there. I, I'm assuming Panama is not one of them. Uh, but, you know, wh where do you see that opportunity? Is this a, uh, we've competed well with Avianca in Colombia, so now we, we see opportunity in El Salvador? Or... Um, yeah, look, yeah, I mean, uh, you got Salvador, you got Guatemala, you got Costa Rica. 
right? Those are the countries. Uh, big problem there is, as you know, again, is 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 high airport taxes. Mm. Uh, you know, which 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 complicates you know the our value proposition, which as you know are very low fares, and, and and when you go down with the fare, but still you have a fifty or forty or fifty dollar you know um, cost per per leg on a, on an air ticket, it makes hard to stimulate you know with with that kind of of those kind of of um, airport costs yeah. and taxes. So so it's 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 not to be honest, it's it's not an easy easy one. Um, Panama is not the place, as you rightly said. But on on the rest, look, it's something that that we're still studying. I think they are, if if you ask me, they are below, you know, uh, an opportunity in 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 South America, which would be effectively Ecuador. Okay. And so let's before we get into Colombia, let, let's talk a little bit about Peru. Uh, you have a lot of experience in Peru. Uh, with the yeah. Latam uh, running their Peruvian operation, right? Yeah, and I have two Peruvian kids, so it's uh, oh, right. I, it's, it's it's a country I will be tied forever in in a good way. It's it's a it's a really really good country, yeah. And it's a really interesting country because it hasn't had a true flag carrier for many years. Um, one of the few countries that has been willing to let the market actually create. Uh, winners and, and losers, I guess. And um, Latam has has been the winner there. Uh, Avianca has pulled out. Yep. Um, so what do you see in Peru for you? Because it's still a pretty small operation for you, right? Relatively yep. Yep. Lima focused. Re- relatively to, to, to Colombia, you, you're right. Look, I mean, what, what I see in Peru, as you, as you rightly said, the, the forces of the market have been operating there for what? 20 plus years now, you had some Peruvian local Peruvian companies that that you know came came and, and went and 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 there you got Peruvian, you got Star, uh, uh, you got Star Peru, you got and many others that that look. It, I won't go into those details, but and then you got a, a, a strong um, legacy carrier as, as Latam. Um, which effectively won the, the Peruvian, you know, competitive battle, if you want, and, and yeah. Avianca left the country all, all alone after Avianca had a very strong presence there. And and what I see in in, in Peru, Brett, if you ask me, is uh, for for the foreseeable future, what I'm seeing is, look, uh, um, um, a legacy like Latam probably still leading in terms of market share. Uh, around 40 to 50 percent of the market, something like that, and the other 50 or 60 percent of the market being taken by by low cost carriers, uh, where you will have uh, Viva uh, and you will have Sky, which are the two that are currently operating. Um, but I see a market, if you ask me, very similar to what happens in Mexico, right, where you have a, um, a legacy carrier, which in the case of Mexico used to be the leader out of Mexico and Mexicana many years ago. Now they have around 20 to 30 percent of the market and the, the other 70 percent of the market is in hands of, as you know, of, of low cost carriers. And I, I think that's where Peru is going. If it's going to be that Latam will have 20, 30 or 40 percent, I don't know now, but I do think that Peru is going to have a, a majority of um, low-cost carriers in terms of share in the in the coming years that's that's what i see happening in peru 
Why does Viva work in Peru when some of the other low-cost carriers have not? Uh, they, they've struggled over the years. Is it Were they not pure low-cost carriers? I, I flew Star Peru once on one of their 737-200s yeah. many yeah. years ago, but um, you know what? They haven't worked out too well. So um, why why does Viva work? No, I I think there were no as you as you rightly said say there there were not real low-cost carriers in, in Peru before Viva yeah, got there almost five years ago. Uh, the local carriers were this blend, kind of blend, and they they. they, they they got stuck in the middle, you know, uh, so they were not fully, you know, legacy. They were not not even close to a low cost uh, carrier. And mm-hmm. there are many examples for that fleet type of type of operation, uh, distribution of their sales channels. I mean, I could go on on and on. I don't want to bore you, uh, but <laughs> but but, you know, you, you didn't have. So we was the first one. Then a couple of years ago, you got Sky coming in. Um, and um, and and now we have a new market which basically consists of, of three players, uh, Viva, okay. Latam, and Sky. Uh, we're gonna keep being three, or someone, some 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 other carrier could come along. Yeah, it could happen. Uh, uh, Jetsmart announced publicly that they wanna enter Peru. Uh, that was pre-pandemic, right? But they, it's another low cost. So so, and I think that will eventually happen. So if that happens, you would have you know three low costs and one legacy, uh, and that's very similar to what what happens in Mexico. That that was I was making you know the the comparison with Mexico, because I think that's that's where Peru is is trending to. All right, and is it all about Lima? Because that you don't do much point to point. It looks like it's mostly Lima focused, right? Yeah, and 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 that's that's one of the challenges that I think we have in Peru and, and the Peruvian market as a whole. Uh, stands there, you know. You got a geographic, um, a geographic distribution in Peru, which where Lima accounts for 70 or 80 percent of the GDP, as opposed to Colombia, which is a way more decentralized country. So you you, you have that that issue in Peru, where Lima is, is so big in terms of you know uh, economic, economically, socially. Um, where it's hard to break away from Lima uh, or from or from you know going to and through Lima and make point-to-point flights uh, without touching Lima, that's a challenge yeah. that we have to 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 you know to to get through. That we will eventually get, get there, but but it takes time. You need to create the demand. You know, as you know, offer and and available seats create the demand, and you have to stimulate that. Um, it hasn't been easy in the past, Brett. Uh, I have to tell you that. I mean, we've tried this I, when I was in Latam. I tried this before. Uh, we've tried it with Viva. Uh, you, you need to be in the right moment in terms of you know GDP growth. Uh, I mean, definitely this is not the year to try this. Um, the countries you know recovering from from COVID, which was one of the worst hit countries in the in the region. Uh, but it, it will eventually have to happen for two reasons. One, because, uh, and the most practical one, if you want, is because Lima will get very soon, I think, or not this year, but in one or two years, will get constrained again and saturated again as, as an airport. So you will have to try to avoid Lima in a way. So that's the first practical reason. And the second one is because we will have to create new markets, and, and new markets will definitely come not to and from Lima, but but with this, you know, secondary cities as Arequipa in the south and, and Piura, Chiclayo in the north and, and you know, Tacna in the south again and, 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 
I dream of having you know, flights from Arequipa to Piura, the third, second or third biggest city in Peru. They don't have a, a direct flight between them. It's crazy. I mean, you, you couldn't even think of that in, I'm not saying this, the U.S. here in Colombia. I mean, in Colombia, we, we, we have a lot of you know, secondary cities, point-to-point uh, -point flights, uh, where we do not go through Medellin or Bogota. That's not the case in Peru. Um, again, I think this will happen uh, in, in, in the future. I don't see it happening before 22 or 23, to be honest with you. Uh, okay. But but that's where the market is, is is heading to, and 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 yes, we need to start you know going away from Lima you know for future growth. Um, again, both because of the market and and the opportunities that we'll have, and also because of 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 the constraints that we have in the we find at the airport. Okay, so let let's talk more about Colombia now, uh, which is really the focus, uh, and the original subsidiary or the original geography I yeah say. Uh, so do you see Colombia looking like Peru and Mexico you talked about with one legacy and then um, uh, several or maybe not several but some low-cost carriers yeah yeah but look it's, it's it's a good question the difference here Brett is that you have uh, two, two, two big legacies, right? One, the, the, the flag carrier, if you want, or, or the local carrier as, as Avianca. Um, then you have LATAM, which entered this market many years ago, um, was for many years the second player in the market. Up until last year, we uh, got to the second position in, in Colombia. Um, so I don't, I mean, I think, I think you know, those two legacies will remain in the market. Uh, I don't. I don't see that changing in the. In, in to be honest, in the, in the in the short term, they are changing their models. That's. I mean, that's that's always right. They're trending towards at least for domestic flying. They are. They are trying to copy. You know, the low cost model in terms of bundles in fares in distribution, uh, utilization. They are trying or or announce that they will change their low pass on the aircraft. Um, so they are trying to go to that. To that model, but I see those two carriers um, in Colombia for the foreseeable future. Uh, I see Viva getting to a you know chunk of the market, which will be roughly about one third. Could be a, above that, but it, it will be between thirty and and and, and probably between thirty and forty percent. Um, and that's how we see the market, you know, for for the next years. Uh, if there are going to be any any new incoming players uh, in, into Colombia, um, I don't know. Could happen. I mean, this is a, a, there are a, plenty a, that are trying. There are plenty that are trying, as you know. I mean, could happen. That's why I mean, and why? Because this is a market that's that's growing fast. Uh, where Viva, in only eight years uh, of existence, bread has become the second player in the market. Um, so, so they are trying. What, what I mean is, whatever newcomer or new player gets into Colombia, I do think it will definitely be a, be a low cost. Uh, and if that's the case, you will have a 50% plus of the market, you know, in in hands of a, of the low cost model. So um, that's definitely coming. If it's going to take two years, one year, three years, I don't know. But but that's yeah, that's what's coming. And then who will be? Which is, I mean, you you, you were saying they are coming. Who will be? Uh, that's a different question, and, and not one that, that that I that I should answer. I think uh, what what I can tell you, Red, is that we are. I mean, what I do. I mean, what I can tell you is that we are 
very focused on you know executing our model to the best of our capabilities. Um, we have been uh, for this is going to be the third year. We have been for the last two years number one in OTP here, number one in utilization. Uh, our NPS has has grown from a very low number to a very I think this number above 35 points for a ULCC, you know, it's that's 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 a very good number. Our network has grown significantly after going back to Cali and, and Barranquilla, two big markets which we were not serving. And our model now, the next phase in, in our expansion here would be international flying uh, because we think that we can replicate the very successful model in, in that we have in domestic Colombia. Uh, to the regional routes, right? And, and when I say regional, I'm including obviously the US, but we only had up until now three international routes. From June onwards, we'll, we'll go from three international routes to, to seven, more than duplicating, you know, our presence in, in, in the international market. And, and definitely that's where we see, you know, good opportunities, uh, the biggest opportunities in, in the future for Viva. So I'll get to international in a minute here. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about just the dynamics of the market because, you know, you talk about Latam and Avianca. I think for Latam, it's a it's a market that they care about, but it's not the market that decides the fate of the airline. Whereas absolutely. for Avianca, it is. <laughs> this is the market. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, I I, I just uh, recently interviewed Avianca CEO. Colombia is is one of the primary focuses. They're in bankruptcy. They say they're going back to basics, uh, which uh, you know, obviously going to be cutting costs and and reorganizing and doing all this. So, you know, you mentioned they're they're going more toward an LCC like um, service or model. Uh, so, you know, what does that mean for you? Uh, is that, do you have concerns about that, about what they can do in bankruptcy? Or do you think there's no way that they can get to your cost level? It, I guess the question is, is your is your real advantage costs no matter what? Or is it something different as Avianca has to look to change? No, I look, at it, I think I think it's a, it's, it's, it's a very valid point, uh, as you know, you know very well the advantage. I mean, being in Chapter 11, obviously, it's it's, it's not easy and it's a, it's a painful and long process. But eventually, if you get out of Chapter 11, you can you can get the advantages to that, right? So, um, our cost advantage versus a, 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 an Avianca is above 50% on a, on a cask basis or on a CASM basis, like you have in the US. It's 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 higher than 50%. Um, they they are uh, obviously taking actions as you rightly said and, and uh, as, as was said in the interview in terms of cost reduction um, and they will certainly lower their unit cost I don't I don't have any doubts about and Latam will do too uh, uh, and we are doing too we're doing that too it's not that we stayed still here uh, we didn't go into reorganization of chapter 11 uh, because we entered into this crisis I think in a uh, in, in a better state, financial state than most of, of, of the competitors around us. Uh, but we haven't stayed still in, in, in these 12 months since the pandemic hit. We've been working hard, you know, to even improve our, our cost base, which, which is certainly one of, of the lowest, you know, 
in the in the continent uh, and 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 one of the lowest in the in the world. So we have been working you know, on that, um, and we do think, uh, Brett, that the and, and and I'm certain that the, that the cost difference will still be there. There are many uh, many um, aspects of the business where the cost advantage will will still be there for Viva. Let's talk about fleet. Let's talk about you know again channel uh, sales distribution. Let, let's talk about um, uh, productivity of, of pilots, cabin crew. Um, the, I mean, definitely our, our cost advantage versus Avianca will still be in the very high double digits. And and uh, and I'm not concerned about you know how much they're going to improve their cost, which they will. I always you know, look at the competition, but more focus on how we will keep lowering lowering our cost. And, and, and I'm going to say to you very openly, our internal mission here in Viva is to have the lowest cask in the world. That's our goal. Uh, when are we going to achieve that? It, and it, that's going to... No, I mean, and to, to achieve that, you know, you know, because you, you know the industry, to achieve that, you need scale, right? Right now, we are a 20, we are a 20 right. aircraft company. Uh, so so it's, it's, it's almost impossible to achieve that with 20 aircraft. When we get to 50, 40 or 50 aircraft, I, I can tell you now we're going to be very close. If we're not there, we're going to be very close to having the, the lowest cost in the world. I, I, I don't have any, any doubt about that. So you, you win on costs, which means you can win on price and still make money uh, for the customer. That's right. But, so this is also then how you win against new entrants um, because you'll have the scale? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And that's key. And, and you're right. I mean, versus new entrants, and you know how expensive and how hard it is to get a setup to set up an airline in any part of the world i can tell you <laughs> that to set up an airline in this part of the world is even harder due to all the red tape regulations um, examples for example i mean i mean you know the united the U, european union you can fly differently amongst the different countries here you have an aoc for each country yeah. different rules for each for, for the same aircraft for the same aircraft that is faa certified you need to run very long processes, not only in Colombia, but in Colombia and in Peru. So, so it's it's hard to set up, set up an airline here, and the cost advantage will be there to compete against new entrants. And then also, I mean, we haven't talked about this, but also, Brett, the, the, the customer base that we've built in Colombia over these 80 years. It's 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 a, a very important one. And and the, again, we were talking about MPS before, but the but the you know the brand power that Viva has acquired over these eight years is not something that I would minimize uh, versus a new entrant either. So, so, so that's something to, to also to point out. Well, I, I can understand that. But of course, you know, a lot of these people were acquired just because you were cheaper than the bus and better than the Absolutely. bus. And so if someone else is, is still cheaper than, the, than you are, then, uh, you know, it's always a risk. So, um, you know, you, you Absolutely. have to maintain that too. So, all right. So let, let's talk more about international. And I can tell you from a U.S. perspective, I mean, Colombia has been very hot. Uh, we've seen uh, uh, American has grown. They just announced several flights uh, from New York. Uh, Spirit is in an incredible number of markets in Colombia, including Bucaramanga, uh, which is a, a, a new destination yeah, from right. the U.S. Uh, and so... There's been a big focus on that. So how do you fit into that market? Now you've got uh, Miami, Medellin, right, and and now you're yep. adding Orlando. 
Um, That's right. Yep. So how do you see your place in the market? And and I should note too, you have Cancun, I think, in Mexico. Uh, We've announced Cancun and Mexico City. Yeah, both Mexico from both from Medellin and from Bogota. Yeah. And and Cancun from Medellin. Um, and, and I think, yeah, I mean, that's that's a, a very good question. As you said, rightly said, Colombia is, is hot in terms of U.S. airlines. I do think there is a special dynamic here. Again, on top of the call we were talking before, you got U.S. carriers, um, as you know, with uh, having a hard time for international flying, especially for long-haul international flying uh, in, 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 in on one side. Then you got all the PSP support uh, that you know very well that's very likely going to be extended until September. Uh, so now you start competing on, 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 an, uneven, on an uneven field. And, and this has to be said. And, 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 and we're competing in a route, for example, to Miami, Orlando, paying our full cost to employees. And, and then you, you're competing against competitors where they're basically not paying their salaries because the U.S. government is paying their salaries. Right. So why... So, why bother <laughs> i mean you you know no, you no, no. And, and, costs, and that's not going to change so and, no 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 i mean that will end eventually if it if right. it doesn't end in september it will end hopefully it ends in september if it if, if it's not it's going to end in march 22 um uh but why bother and and, and that answer uh brad is, is very clear we are uh, as of last year we started receiving our neo fleet yeah. as you know we have four in the fleet Six more coming this year. We, we're going to end the year with 10 uh, A320neos. And, and when you see you know, the best use you, 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 we have to give to those neos, it's clearly longer, a longer stage length, and that implies international flying. And, and look, Brett, pre-pandemic and, and still now, our best route, performing route in terms of economics is, is Miami Medellin. Yeah. That's the best route for you in terms of really? uh, from a PNL perspective. That, that that hasn't changed. We will have more competition, as you were saying before, uh, but but that hasn't changed. We see a big opportunity in Orlando, um, which will will start flying with three flights a week uh, since since June. We we know we, we know we can compete with the U.S. carriers from a cost base, uh, even with this uh, with this subsidy that they have. We have a way lower cost uh, base than, 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 than the U.S. carriers. I think our main challenge there, Brett, Brett is how we improve our um, commercial you know, footprint in the U.S. point of sale. Yeah. And that's, you know, that, that's what we're working, uh, working right now. Because if we improve that, I, I can certainly say, uh, tell you that we will keep growing in the U.S. We'll, we'll, uh, we're going to go, the plan is to go from a daily, a daily flight in the Miami, Medellin to double daily. Uh, on the second half of this year, that's that's still on the plan, and that uh, that's something I think we will accomplish. And Orlando, our we're going to start with three, as we were talking before. But the aim is to get to a daily flight by the end of of this year. Um, and, and and again, uh, these are routes, especially Miami, which which as I said before, is 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 a, is, is the best performing route in in our portfolio. So it's not that everything the next international growth for Viva is going to be everything U.S. based. That's yeah. Yeah, so we, we have huge opportunities in, in Central America and South America, but we will keep you know, looking to the market and, and, and tapping the U.S. market uh, because we know we can compete and we know we can make money in, in these routes. 
<clears throat> so to start, is it, it's really about VFR traffic, I assume. These are Colombians or Colombian nationals going back and forth. Uh, is that the focus initially? It's 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 very even on, on, on an even basis between VFR and, and tourist and tourism. Okay. Uh, mostly Colombia based tourism. Colombia based. Colombia based. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. So, so how do you how do you get further into point of sale US as you talked about? Does that involve partnering with a US carrier? Or Look, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the, I mean the first step uh, Brett, will be uh, getting getting some presence there. We are um, closing our uh, a, a deal, you know, again to improve our our footprint there with a with a, with lo local distribution with a with a local GSA uh, up in the in in Florida to begin with. Uh, we didn't have that before. We started some time ago with, a, you know, uh, putting Expedia on, and 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 Expedia was a, a big you know game changer for Viva. Now we have all the all all the rest of the OTAs and and Meta Search. But on top of that, again, we, we're um, getting presence through a, a GSA that's gonna gonna sell our product there. Also, what helped us improve a lot there, uh, Brett, was uh, turning on Amadeus uh, as a as a GDS. You know, where we were not, and we're getting some of, of those sales that we were not getting before. And okay. to be clear, what we do in Amadeus is that we include in the price of the ticket the 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 cost of the GDS. That's a, that's a surcharge that we, we charge, which is around six dollars per per leg. Uh, so so it's not a cost that it's it's a Viva. We 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 uh, put that cost into the customer. But this business, as you know, Brad is about distribution. And as you rightly said, we started first with improving our, our distribution in the U.S. and and we don't have any any anything to announce or anything concrete to say on. Uh, partnering with a U.S. carrier, but that's that's obviously something we, we are looking into, uh, you know, to to have some distribution with a local U.S. carrier, hopefully, uh, and that's going to be the next project that we'll have to improve our presence in the in the U.S. Mm. <clears throat> and will Medellin be your focus? I, I know you said you have Bogota to Mexico City, but is Medellin the, the long haul focus? Absolutely, Medellin is is our focus. Is is it's going to be our hub, and, and why? Because it's it's um, it's a better airport to operate from a from a operational perspective, right? Uh, Weather-wise, uh, it's a way less constrained airport. Yeah, it's smaller, easier, um, and lower cheaper. altitude. <laughs> lower altitude, as you rightly said, cheaper to operate than than Bogota. Um, so so that's the, I mean the, the, those are the key reasons, Brett, but. Absolutely, managing is going to be our focus. That doesn't mean that we want, if we see spot opportunities, you know, in certain routes, as you rightly said, Bogota, Mexico, for example, or Bogota, Lima, that we won't take those. No, I'm not. I'm not saying this, but our focus and our growth will be 80, 90 percent out of managing uh, for international flying. So, in the U.S., how how far can you take a Neo at a Medellin? So, yeah, we can reach we can reach the New York, Chicago. That's the, the the farthest we can go. Neo doesn't get to the West Coast without a one stop, uh, okay. not even the the highest M2. So it would be a dream to fly, you know, to LA or, or San Francisco, but uh, <laughs> it's a long way. We, to go. We, we 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 just don't get there with the with even with the with the highest uh, M2 configuration. You don't get to the to the West Coast. You have to make a stop in in 
some somewhere in Central America. Okay. All right. Well, still New York and Chicago. That those are big markets. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. could open up to you. All right. Good. Well, uh, I guess we will see where where Viva ends up here. And you're you're at a point now where you're back in growth mode, um, putting the pandemic behind you. Is that the is that the current state of the airline? Because you you had I mean you know travel had basically stopped in some of your markets uh, for some time, but it, everything's full speed ahead now. Yeah, so I mean we were we, we stopped flying uh, bread uh, around one year ago, uh, actually fifteenth of, of March in in Peru and twenty three twenty third of March in 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 Colombia last year. So it's it's almost you know one year we stopped flying for six months. We were in shutdown mode, not a single flight could be done. Commercial flight, we did a lot of of humanitarian flights, but commercial flight we were stopped for six months. We're in full mode now. We started flying back again in September with a very low capacity. Kept growing month uh, after month. Yeah. Uh, just to give you a number, a number, Brett, in March, we're going to fly 30% more seats, 3.0, than March 2019, which is the, really? the, the, the comparison base, right? That the, the, the right number to compare against 30% more in Colombia than what we were flying uh, back two years ago. And, and I think, I mean, that, that shows, you know, how strong the recovery has been and, and how strong has been, especially for Viva. And, and that yeah. will, will carry on for the next uh, months uh, if the market, you know, continues to behave as, as, as it has done. Hopefully the pandemic, you know, will, will, will be kept under control here. Uh, we did have some, you know, some first peak, second peak, but uh, throughout the uh, September, throughout September for the last six months, traffic has kept on growing and, uh, and we see very good trends moving forward. So, so we are very optimistic about, you know, what's coming for Viva and, and what's coming, you know, for, for Colombia and for Peru and, and, and what's coming for international. We were talking about international. We do see a, a stronger second half of the year for international and we do see a very, very strong uh, 2022 for international flying. Um, uh, as you rightly said, time will tell, uh, but, but we are very, very encouraged for what's, what's coming for, for us. All right. Well, that seems like a good place to end it, I think. And that was it. Thanks again to our presenting sponsor, Ontario International Airport. In recent months, Ontario's airline partners have announced new flights to Chicago O'Hare, Honolulu, Charlotte, Las Vegas, Miami, Newark, Orlando, Phoenix, Sacramento, San Francisco, and San Salvador. Visit flyontario.com for more. If you'd like to give feedback on this podcast, shoot me a note to cf at crankyflyer.com. And if you'd like to be a sponsor, well, even better, email us at advertise at crankyflyer.com. That's it for this episode. Until next time. <laughs>